0: Welcome to Sportsbeat KC, the Kansas City Star's daily sports podcast. It's Tuesday, February 16th, and I'm Blair Kirkhoff. We're talking college basketball today, zeroing in on Wednesday's game between Kansas and Kansas State in Manhattan with beat writers Jesse Newell, Gary Bedore, and Callis Robinette. The Jayhawks are back in the polls and riding a three-game winning streak. Two of those victories came against Iowa State over a three-day period. Jalen Wilson's been on fire for Kansas with four straight double-doubles. The Wildcats have struggled all year and ride a 12-game losing streak into the game, but they have played better of late. There were competitive losses to Texas and Texas Tech, and they played a good second half in their most recent game at Oklahoma State. K-State guard Nigel Pack is having an excellent freshman season, and he'll be the Wildcats player to keep an eye on Wednesday. Let's get started talking Sunflower Showdown with Jesse Newell, Gary Bedore, and Kellis Robinett. All right, guys. Um, I'm looking out the window here in my bedroom slash studio. It's sunny. It's sunny. But when I check the temperature, I've got minus six in mine. Kellis, I, I, I saw uh, minus 18 in Manhattan this morning. Uh, that was
1: what it was when I woke up. It was not warm.
0: Little nippy. Um and and we're we're also lucky to have Jesse and Gary with us and they are without power in their houses right now. They're, they're placed in Lawrence. So hope you guys are staying warm in Lawrence right now.
2: For now we are. Yeah. <laughs> check on us Mine actually just mine just clicked back on. All right. Oh, so wow. the power is the power is currently on here.
3: Oh, brag about it, Gary. Yeah, thanks. (laughs) Brag about it. How close do you
0: guys live uh, to each other?
3: Uh, A couple miles. Uh, uh, No no, no dice for me. All right, Jesse, you should
1: run to Gary's house, and we'll see if you can get there before the end of this thing. (laughs) (laughs) Um,
0: Okay, the occasion that brings us all together, besides the um, Arctic blast of weather here, is the Sunflower Showdown on Wednesday night. Uh, K- Kansas travels to Kansas State. Uh, it's the second meeting of the season between these two teams. My first question, and this is a jump ball. Anybody uh, take it, please. Why did this game get moved? It was originally scheduled for tonight. We're recording this on Tuesday. It is now being played on Wednesday. It was Tuesday at 8 o'clock. Now it's being played Wednesday at 7 p.m. on uh, ESPN+. Plus. So on the internet does anybody know why this game was moved
1: it was to uh help KU out because they had to play three games last week they thought uh giving them the extra day would be beneficial
3: yeah I could have fought Kellis for that jump ball but that's exactly it uh KU was exhausted from playing Saturday Monday Thursday Saturday uh and then obviously obviously having the back-to-back with Iowa State so uh, you know, Bill Self talked a lot about the fatigue factor and not trying to wear his team out. And so, when that thing did come out, that was sort of my first guess. But it did become more evident after hearing Self talk about it that that was the main reason to give them just another day off.
1: Yeah, Bruce uh, earlier not earlier last week said he was mad when the Big Twelve initially decided to make the move, but after seeing uh, Kate, after seeing his players get worn out themselves, he he agreed. He thought it was a good move. Mm-mm.
0: Yeah, I was, I was going to ask you, Kelvis. I, I think K-State's had similar stretches this year where they've had a bunch of games in a short amount of time.
1: They have. Um, nothing nothing like KU playing three games in one week, but um, I, I I thought it was interesting that, uh, yeah, this, this last week when K-State went down to Oklahoma State and, and lost and didn't have a whole lot of energy in the first half, Bruce Weber kind of threw up his hands and said his guys were just tired. So we that's something we have and uh, that they, they were dealing with some some interesting travel stuff too because I think they had to bust down Stillwater when they normally fly and they had to leave early because of all the weather and I don't know when they even got back. so I think in, in hindsight, I mean shoot it, it, they're one of the these are some of the f- playing this week. Everybody else has just gotten their games quite ro- out canceled. Well yes.
2: Texas, yeah, the Texas schools for one yeah. Self made a good point that uh this year you can just cancel things because there's no fans really to be inconvenienced, <clears throat> like nobody would be shocked if right now uh because of the cold weather, they said we're gonna play at one p m tomorrow and it would not inconvenience thirteen thousand fans just about a thousand you know they could just do this year they can just do anything on the spur of the moment
0: they they do and they have. And um and for the sake of deadlines, I would love for them to move the game to one PM on Wednesday. <laughs> how how good would that be? So hey, while we're on the subject of scheduling, um I, I haven't noticed this with does K-State have any games t- to be made up, Kellis?
1: They've got one and it's a biggie. Um, they need to make up their game against Iowa State, which would be played in Bramledge. And um, though I'm sure not many people outside of Ames and Manhattan want to see that game, that's one that both of these teams actually feel like they could win. It would be a great battle to be uh, to finish and not last and decide who's the 10th seed of the Big 12 tournament. I absolutely hope they get it played.
0: And what I noticed about KU's schedule, if they play the games that are left on the schedule, they will finish their 18-game conference schedule by February 27th, and the conference tournament doesn't begin – for another what week and a half after that there would um that that's a long stretch uh Gary would uh you know I noticed North Carolina put out a, a tweet yesterday looking for a game like uh like we've seen high schools do in you know uh you think would Bill Bill be interested in playing a game between the end of the regular season and the conference tournament
2: I think so uh they do have a slot open Tarleton State Uh, That was their only cancellation this year. Uh, Plus, I think KU had, oh, the Iowa State game. But they haven't said they're looking for a game yet, but that is a long period of time to go (coughs) without a game before uh, the postseason. So I wouldn't be shocked if they uh, look at that and pick one up.
1: They Uh, should play Fort Hayes State in that window. What can go on? (laughs)
0: With, with the state championship at, uh, <laughs> at stake. <laughs> um, all right, Kellis. Uh, games in Manhattan, uh, like I said, 7 p.m. on Wednesday. The Wildcats are riding a 12-game losing streak. Um,
1: they, they thanks, seem- thanks for drawing it out. Thanks <laughs> for drawing it out
0: as you say that. Well, it is, you know, uh, they, they, they have played better of late. Um, the, the, they were competitive in the in the losses to what, Texas and Texas Tech, and and had had a nice stretch early in the second half against Oklahoma State, where they cut a I think a twenty point deficit to four, uh, and mm-hmm. then the the, the folks uh, put it into gear and ran a, ran away with it. So, um, is that enough of an encouraging sign to to, to think that they you know they, they they can play tough on on Wednesday and. Will, will the rivalry alone uh, kick in and, and, and bring some energy to the Wildcats?
1: Yeah, I mean, I definitely think it'll be closer than what we saw in Lawrence when Kansas won seventy four fifty one 51 and just basically did whatever they wanted against Kansas State. And uh, at least in my opinion, I didn't think the Jayhawks played a, a really strong game that day and still won by 20-plus. So I, I think in that aspect, it'll be quite a bit closer. Um, I don't know if it'll be all the way you know down to what we saw against Texas, where it's a last possession game. But I, I think single digits, you could expect that uh, with an outside shot and an upset just because this this is a game, you know, here in Bramwich, Kansas State circles every year. It'll be a little different without the uh, the venomous fans to, to cheer them on and boo the Jayhawks. Maybe, maybe uh, there's still enough of them in there that it gives them a slight home court advantage. But um, you're right. The last three games we've seen a, a, an improving Kansas State team um, they played Tech really tough. I, I think they really probably should have beaten Texas. They just got a little unlucky and and played them on a day when they shot 50% from three. Um, basketball gods were against them on that one. The one time they come out and make shots of their own, the other team makes even more. Then against Oklahoma State, yeah, uh, they 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 fought back. They looked good in the second half, but still lose by seven. Um, you know, it's it's just a an odd dynamic right now. They are improving, but they they're still just not to that point yet where they can really afford any. I mean, if a team goes on even a 10-0 run against them, it makes it awful hard. Um, you saw they go on a 16-0 run against Oklahoma State and still still lose in, a, in that game. So they're fighting an uphill battle, but it, at the same time, they are improving. I think we'll definitely see a, uh, a closer game than the first time around. I just don't know if it's going to be enough for for the upset.
0: Yeah, sixteen to no, sixteen to nothing run, and they don't take the lead. That's that's how, <laughs> right. how much they were buried in in, in that game, and had that's that's such a bad first half. But uh, um, so on the other side, Kansas, the the schedule softened a little bit, and the Jayhawks playing well right now with uh, three straight wins, two over Iowa State, and Jalen Wilson's. Uh, reminding me of the player that we saw in the, uh, the the first few weeks of the season gary what's what's Jalen wilson uh doing now that we didn't see didn't see from him over a kind of a lengthy stretch of the conference season?
2: Well, he's had four straight double doubles, which is three off the school record for consecutive double doubles. drew Gooden and Rafe had seven, but wilt Chamberlain probably had. 50 and records weren't kept back then of rebounds assist to Dean Buchan, who told me they started in 1973, but uh, I don't know. I think he's just a, a consistent rebounder right now. And self has got to like that, you know, counting on him for 10 or more rebounds the last four games.
0: Yeah, what are you seeing, Jesse? It's I'm seeing the 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 Jalen Wilson I saw against Kentucky and Creighton, and some other early games.
3: Yeah, I think for him it's kind of been an attitude swing a little bit. Uh, early in the season, he performed really well as KU's five man, where he could take advantage of the matchup, uh, you know, going against a big man offensively, and it led to him being really aggressive in there. And we saw some of his rebounding skills against Kentucky, things like that, and then. Kind of in that middle stretch, KU sort of relied a little bit more on David McCormick going to him, and that made Jalen Wilson the four and made his matchup tougher, and you know, I, I think you hear the coaches a lot talk about the scouting report, how scouting catches up to you a little bit, and Jalen Wilson is very right-hand dominant when he drives. He doesn't drive left very often, so some of those things that he was doing early in the season with no scouting report weren't working as well uh, the second half of the season, and plus he was trying to kind of figure out a way to Coexist with Dave McCormick in there, but in the course of the last two weeks or so, it seems like they've kind of found a, a happy marriage there that, you know, David's become a little bit more unselfish with his play inside. He's making more shots and Jalen's kind of finding a way, especially on the offensive glass to still, uh, you know, be active, get his points. And then in certain instances kind of initiate offense and, and throw players open and use the skills he has as well. So uh, he was kind of probably, Again, this is sort of armchair quarterbacking and it's, it's difficult to do, especially from afar when you're not at the games uh, as much as we are in recent, in past years. But he kind of probably suffered from the worst body language of anybody on KU's roster during that stretch where it wasn't going well for him. And I think lately it's just kind of that's turned for him. Um, it might have helped that Bill self benched him for one game. Maybe that got him going and he seemed to have played really well since then. And sometimes the Bill self mind games work out, but yeah I, I think it just seemed kind of a more energetic, better, more comfortable Jalen Wilson, and uh, that's definitely been t- to a benefit of the team because uh, they look a lot better when when he's a lot better.
0: And they're gonna need that uh, that Jalen Wilson coming down the stretch because after Kansas State what they've got uh, three straight uh, g- games against ranked teams to to finish the regular season right tech texas and 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 Baylor. So Kansas absolutely will need to be. At um, you know the, the best they can be. They've already lost to Texas and, and Baylor. Hey hey, Kellis. Um, Nigel Pack is, is is playing really well. I, I like what the story that you did earlier this week on him and and kind of kind of comparing him to previous freshmen at, at Kansas State freshman guards. Uh, and he 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 stacks up pretty favorably, doesn't he, to the freshmen who have played under Bruce
1: Weber. He does. You could make a case that he's uh, the best uh, freshman guard that Bruce Weber's recruited at Kansas State, which if you're looking for a positive out of the season, um, it, it's Nigel Pack. He's looked really good, when healthy. Um, and really, if you look back at uh, the window where K-State really, really nosedived and was losing games by 20, 30, even almost 50 at Baylor, it was because Pack was out. Um, they did lose by 48 with Baylor with him in there, but they kind of rushed him back. It was his first game back he wasn't himself yet um and and I think it's telling that beyond that, that that stretch once he's got his legs back under him they've been quite a bit better and you saw when they've when they've almost won these games it's cuz he scores 26 points against A&M 22 against Texas and they struggle a little bit against Oklahoma State it's cuz he has a bad shooting half and he uh, he needs 16 shots to get 14 points but when, when he's on um we've seen a nice little um tag team scoring duo between him and Mike McGurl it's just, um, you know, where, where else are they going to get help to get over the hump and start winning these games? That's kind of the question right now. But um, when people talk about, you know, there being a young nucleus of, of talent, even though the team lose, is losing, it's because of PAC. And, um, I mean, they, they, they were super excited when they got him. They made a, a really big push um, before anybody else could. Um, I remember kind of at the time, um, they, they don't normally really ramp up recruiting until the fall, and they can get back when kids could take visits. They wanted the all their recruits here on campus to see the football atmosphere and uh, you know get get a real vibe for campus. But with him, they were so fearful that other schools would see him on the AAU circuit and uh, offer him and push him out of the picture that they recruited him early. I remember actually I was um, playing golf at uh, at a Colbert Hills uh, like one June day and I see Bruce and all the coaches coming in with Nigel Pack. I'm like, oh, really? They're doing that like now? That's uh, I thought this was traditionally not a recruiting season. Then later that day when I was on like hole 15, I see a, a tweet come through that he would committed. I was like, oh, man, <laughs> they, they really, really wanted this kid. And, and you can see why. He's uh, he's good. Um, and it, it, if he'll stick around for four, for four, I guess, you know, even possibly four more years if he really wanted to, um, he, he could have as high a ceiling as Barry Brown or any of these others.
0: That's a, that'll be a Marcus Garrett assignment. Don't you think Jesse or, uh, Gary, don't you think it's, it's either, uh, it, it's, it's Marcus Garrett on Nigel Pack.
3: Well, yeah, it's, it's like they normally do. It's a group effort for KU just because they'll start him on pack, but, uh, they switch everything, you know, they switch everything on the perimeter. So, if <clears> some, <throat> um, some good matchups with that. They can, you know, set a guard to guard ball screen and get Christian Brown or something like that on him. But, that's sort of how KU's defense rolls. I mean, they try to take you out of any actions you do, any screens, any runarounds, anything like that, by just continually, you know, constantly switching what they do and, and trying to make it very difficult for you to run your plays. It does hurt a little bit that, you know, it's it's harder to stop individual players sometimes because you don't just stick Marcus Geared on a player. But overall, it's worked out well for Kansas, and, and they played their best game of the season in that regard against Iowa State. i Put a few tweets out about that but their switches were really good their communication was good and they're starting to get their ball screen defense down to an art after switching that up last month too so yeah if you're k-state you you need to get the ball in pax hands you need to get him kind of lost a little bit you need him to make some threes and as a team you need to make some threes because if you're not scoring from three-point range against kansas a lot of teams have had some trouble scoring um that that's really been the win, one bug move for kansas so if k-state's gonna, gonna stay close i'm seeing you know, eight, nine, ten, eleven threes going in for them. And then KU potentially going really cold on the offensive end as they've had a tendency to do early in the last few games.
1: K state is the worst three point shooting team in the conference. I'll just throw that out there.
3: Uh, it's, Yeah, and and KU's faced those teams in the past, like Texas, and they went super hot against them. Tennessee was a poor three-point shooting team, and they went crazy from them uh, against them in the first half. So uh, this is not a problem that Kansas has not been able to fix for opposing (laughs) teams in a one-game sample. So, uh, yeah, even with that, even knowing that uh, for K-State, I I think you need to fire up. It's been really, really tough to score inside against Kansas this year. They have the best two-point defensive uh, percentage in the conference in league play. And that's something to say when you've got Baylor in the conference, you've got Texas tech in the conference. So to have that top numbers is, is saying something. So KU's definitely doing something right in the paint, but uh, that's really the one spot you can get them.
0: Hey, it's Blair. We have a special subscription offer for sports beat Casey listeners, unlimited digital access to the Kansas city stars award-winning sports coverage. Please visit KansasCity.com slash offer to get this special offer. And as always, thanks for listening. Okay, um, Bill Self said something at his press conference earlier this week. Uh, I don't know if I've heard him acknowledge that the NCAA investigation has hurt recruiting. We've talked about it. It's I think it's pretty obvious that it has. But, Gary, I, I, am I wrong about that, or is that the first time we've heard Bill Self say it?
2: I think yesterday might have been the first time he uh, admitted it or acknowledged it or said it, whatever. Um, he uh, Recruiting's been interesting because the class with Michael Hurt, who went to Duke, uh, they lost Jeremiah Robinson Earl, and that's probably the big one. I would think that uh, kinetic, uh, him – him going to Villanova at the last second, he probably was scared away by, uh, possible sanctions, but, uh, that class had several guys. The other ones, uh, as self pointed out the, in 2018, they got Dotson and, uh, McCormack, but, uh, I think it has hurt recruiting, but um, he hadn't mentioned it much. He did say that the NCAA investigation still doesn't look like it'll be over till uh, early fall or late summer. So uh, I don't know if it'll still continue to hurt him. They got three guys for next year. One of them is top 25, so... Zach Clemens wasn't scared off about it, but if they do get sanctions, guys can always change their minds and transfer. So uh, I think it's hurt them uh, some, a lot of the true one and Duns, you know, they, they want to play in the NCAA tournament, but they don't want to be in college more than a year anyway. So um you know, Kentucky got some of those true one and duns, and they're doing terribly this year. <laughs> so I don't know what everybody else thinks, but Self obviously would like to get this over with. But then again, he doesn't want to get hammered with a one or two year postseason ban. So in his mind, you know, he's probably got mixed emotions because it still looks like they might get a pretty significant penalty.
0: Yeah, and what about uh, Jalen Johnson for Duke uh, opting out of of the season, uh, final few games? So I, I don't know. It, it seems to be a national uh, conversation that uh, one and dones maybe uh, with, with the seasons that Duke and Kentucky are having that um, we, we might see a, a change in philosophy. I I don't know how big a change we'll see. I, I think you're always going to try to recruit the – if you're John Calipari or Mike Krzyzewski or – Roy Williams or Bill Self, you're always going to recruit the, the, try to recruit the best players in the country, but maybe, maybe you sprinkle in players that are not one and dones and, and can uh, um, you, you expect to stick around in the program and become glue players for for your squad, uh, you know, and play three or four years. We'll have to see about that. All right, guys. Hey, uh, good conversation. Uh, we got to get Kellis out of here because he's got another Zoom call, and we all have another Zoom call. And at uh, at the top of the hour, so uh, Gary Bedore, Jesse Newell, Kellis Robinette, thanks for uh, joining us, and hope the power uh, stays on for all of us throughout the day. Take care, guys.
1: Thanks. Fingers crossed. <laughs>
0: That'll do it for today. Thanks to our Sportsbeat KC production staff of Derek Donovan, Beth Welsh, Monty Davis, Jeff Rosen, Chris Fickett, and Savannah Smith. A tip of the cap to Calis Robinette, Gary Bedore, and Jesse Newell for stopping by and talking KUK State basketball. Links to their stories can be found in the show notes and on kansascity.com. Hey, we have another deal for you. For a limited time, you can subscribe to Sports Pass for 99 cents a month. That's right, 99 pennies a month. After three months, it auto-renews at $5.99 a month unless you cancel. How do you get it? You go to kansascity.com sportspass2020. That's kansascity.com sportspass2020. Do you want more than just sports coverage? Check out the entire Kansas City Star product. Sports news features, commentary, and analysis, the whole thing. You get all the stories written by my talented colleagues, plus additional news, sports, and business coverage with the e-edition. The details for all of these deals can be found at account.kansascity.com slash subscribe. And if you're having trouble hunting down any of these offers, send me an email, bkirkoff at kcstar.com, and I will get you to the right place. So whether it's the sports pass or the full subscription, you're getting and supporting the best sports and news coverage in Kansas City and helping us produce programs like Sports BKC. KC. Thanks for listening and we'll be back on Wednesday with another episode.